Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast. I'm your host, Tariq, a 19-year-old university student currently experiencing a midlife crisis as he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. So rather than see a career advisor or a therapist, I decided to start a podcast where I invite guests from an array of backgrounds to tell me their story. And whilst finding out about them, hopefully I can find out more about myself too. So if you can relate, or maybe you just want to see where I end up, join me every Sunday right here. Stocks, shares, Forex, Bitcoin, crypto, what do they all have in common? They're all about investing. And despite the many years we spend in school, we never actually learn about any of it. Uh, Well, that's what this podcast episode is aiming to do, to give us an insight into how we can start investing, simplifying all the jargon in the investing world and why it's more important than ever to start investing now. We discuss popular funds that have seen some crazy returns, how the entire banking system is designed to take from you and give to themselves and what you can do to become a little bit more financially free. Just to be clear, Jordan and myself are not professional investors and nothing that we talk about should be considered as investing advice. So without further ado, my guest at this time is Jordan from Save and Invest UK. So Jordan, I want to start off with some quick fire questions just to get to know you a bit more. Uh, My first quick fire question is, what is the last thing on your camera roll? Um, One second, the last thing on my camera roll? interesting question the last thing on my camera roll is a screen recording of a live talk sport show i was watching last night that i decided to send to my friends <laughs> what was the uh what was it uh what were they talking about so it's just a clip about the um the england squad for the next game um and who they'd like to start and the oh, one okay. caller was getting all the names wrong um so i just had to screen record that and send that to a few of my friends <laughs> that's brilliant. That's like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the um, that video of uh, I think he's uh, I think he's Nigerian, the Nigerian TV presenter, and he gets all the t- all the names. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it sounds that like that. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, what do you what do you uh, make of uh, England's game so far? Um, yeah, really, really good. Obviously, it's good to to, to be through. It's good to have three clean sheets. Um, I think it's too entertaining in terms of attacking football um but i guess that's what we've come to expect with england i'm just looking forward to seeing what we do against one of the big boys against germany yeah what's your what's your prediction also do you mind just speaking up a bit uh, louder because I'm, I'm just struggling to hear you a bit it might be my headphones but yeah yeah one sec let me try and um get that close um <clears throat> yeah so um it's gonna be difficult it's gonna be really difficult but i do think we're probably in a better position than we've been in a while to face Germany um, and I'm not sure if we're the favourite but I'd imagine we're up there so I'm feeling quite confident hopefully we can we can pull something out I think on paper the and obviously on paper it doesn't really matter much but on paper this is the worst German side we could have faced in the recent years and the best English side that we've got in many in recent years as well so I feel like this yeah, is the closest thing we can get to beating Germany because that year, in 2010, when uh, when we lost against Germany, I think it was 4-2 four, four, or something, it was the Lampard uh, goal uh, that should have scored, yeah. but it didn't. That German, that was a solid German squad. And when I look back at the team, I thought, we were okay, but we were nowhere near as good as Germany. And we probably did deserve to lose in terms of quality. But I think right now we're a bit 
a bit closer in terms of, of, of squad depth, but also just uh, starting 11 pound for pound were, were, were a lot better. And I think I'm, I'm quite optimistic. I, I, I've said this whole time, like genuinely wholeheartedly, I think we can get, we'll get to the final. Um, I think we'll, we'll uh, which is it's really stupid to say on a podcast. Um, but I do think we will. I think we've just got the team for it. I think everyone's underestimating us, which is perfect. I think everyone's underestimating Southgate, which is even better. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll end up edging it. Either that or, knowing England, we'll end up beating Germany, like 1-0 or 2-1. Or imagine we beat them mm. on penalties. If we beat them on penalties, it'd be better. And then we lose against Ukraine or Sweden, which is who we would have. Yeah. It would just be terrible. That would be about right. Yeah, yeah, it would, yeah. It'd be hilarious. Um, who do you support in terms of club levels? I like I support Arsenal, unfortunately. Oh, do you? oh. <laughs> yeah, what right. Oh yeah, I saw because because oh um I saw you you posted about when you invested in United. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. We'll talk about oh, that yeah, later yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I support United, so like I'm like I, I'll say it right now on behalf of all the United fans. Thank you for for uh, helping us buy Sancho uh, because it seems like the Glazers don't want to spend an extra five million pounds, which is literally nothing to what or how much they have. Um, on buying yeah. the guy, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. But I mean, I guess being an that's awesome, that's been going on. Yeah, definitely. That saga has been going on for twelve months plus. I don't think um, I don't know these deals in football. They take they do take time. They take they take years. But, but this one is such a like, it's so annoying because it's it's literally ten million quid. It was last year. It was 20, 10, 20 million quid, which they ended up spending that on a on Ahmed Diallo. Who's like a 19-year-old unproven kid. So they could have just spent the 20. I don't know what they're doing, but um, but yeah, we'll get yeah. into why why you started why you were investing in United yesterday. I was I was actually really interested in that. Um, but, um my, my next uh, quick fire question to you is who would you consider as sort of a role model in your life? Um that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, in terms of an actual role model, someone who's sort of taught me. Um, I'd say sort of basic human values, how to, to to speak to people, how to approach people, how to talk to people. I'd say my mum and my dad have been sort of big, big, um, big focal points in terms of the way that I've learned how to present myself, if that makes sense, like my mannerisms and stuff. So I'd say in terms of like personal habits, them two, them two are the two biggest influences. Um, I really like entrepreneurs to be honest i i like a lot of um like entrepreneur motivational stuff so people like jeff bezos like elon musk have always have always sort of grabbed my attention um and just going back to the sport briefly um there was one person i did i did look up to i did think who was at the top of the game who sort of inspired me to work hard and just to try and get um to try and get to where i want to be essentially um, and that person is thierry Henry. So oh, okay. In terms of, I'd say in terms of <clears throat> the personal values and my 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 values, I'd say my mum and my dad helped implement them. In terms of my my work rate, I say Thierry Henry has helped contribute towards that. And then in terms of sort of my entrepreneurialism, and um, the way I've been able to sort of create different projects, I'd say um, I look up to people like like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk in that regard. Okay, so you've got sort of a wide range of, of, of role models for different sort of areas. I feel like a lot of people are like that. Um, Thierry Henry is uh, an interesting one. Um, what, what would you say sort of got you? Is it just because you sort of 
you really enjoyed watching him because I never really I yeah. never watched football when Thierry Henry was playing for for Arsenal. Um, I watched football a little later on in my life. Yeah, so I think the, the thing with um, the football, probably the link with Thierry Henry was um, because I was quite young at the time. But when Thierry signed for Arsenal, I must have been, I think, three, four years old. Um, but it was the years after that that I sort of I began to get induced into football, basically. Um, I started to really get passionate about football. And he was probably the, the, the biggest focal point for that. Um, and I'd say at the time, football was the only thing that I really felt passionate about. Obviously, being quite a young boy, I didn't really, um, I wasn't into too much. So football was the sort of the first thing that, that come along and sort of showed, showed me that, um, look, there's something here for you that, that would interest you, that, that can capitulate you, that can leave you emotion, emotional every week. Um, and yeah, that was the sort of first thing that I really sort of had a, had a passion in. I sort of really enjoyed watching and, and enjoyed talking about. He was meant to get a, a, a job, wasn't he? He left his uh, current, oh, well, his previous managerial, Bournemouth, that's who he was meant to go to. He was linked with Bournemouth for a few um, a, a few weeks and then he ended up leaving, I think it was one of an MLS team and then everyone thought he was going to Bournemouth and then he never did. Um, yeah, I, I, I just realised that when you were speaking about uh, Thierry Henry, yeah. Uh, do you, do you reckon Spurs will go in for him? Because they seem to be going in for every manager and getting rejected by them all. I think it's hilarious, to be honest. I, I hope they do go in for him, just so he can tell them where to stick it, essentially. But what yeah, it does appear that everyone's turning down Tottenham right now. I know. Uh, do you know what? Um, oh, what happened? Hello? I don't know what happened. One... So we were stopped there uh, a little, um, just some minor technical difficulties. But we were talking, well, we were talking smart about Tottenham being getting rejected all the time. Um, and if, if what if yeah. what if Thierry Henry accept, accepts the offer and becomes Tottenham manager? I don't think I don't think we can bet on that. I don't think that will ever happen. No, um, you never know, man. You never know. You never I know. Yes, you never know in football. But at the same time, I would be. I would be horribly shocked if if that were the case. If that were to happen. There's a part of me that thinks it would be more embarrassing for Tottenham than it would be for Arsenal. Yeah, potentially. That's a good point. That's a an, good ML- point. An, an MLS manager, having been rejected by everyone else, is now the manager of one of the Super League teams. That's a crazy thing. Like they, Sevilla's chairman just came out and said that Lopetegui, who's the former Real Madrid and um, Spain manager and currently Sevilla manager rejected Tottenham. I'm thinking these offers that Daniel Levy must be given them must be so bad because everyone's like these managers that I've never heard of before are saying no to Tottenham. And you'd think they'd be get they must they, surely they'd be getting a better wage at Tottenham. It's a chance to play be in the Premier League. Like yeah, you know at this rate they'd be asked they're gonna with all up, the money in English football you'd, you'd expect them to be yeah. Surely they would. It's been what? It's, I don't even know how long it's been. When did they sack Mourinho? Like two months ago? Something like that. Absolutely. Something you, crazy. It's been a long time. Yeah, and I, just, I can't believe it because they were going to get that Fornesca guy from Roma, or he was at Roma. And then, you know what I found interesting though? Is they, they only approached at the beginning, they were only approaching managers that had already left so that they don't, wouldn't have to pay the club anything. They wouldn't, because you have to pay a fee when a when a manager goes, 
Um, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Levy is such a stingy prick. <laughs> he's so stingy. He's what they, his co-owner is one of the richest people in Britain, and they I don't even I don't understand. They made the biggest mistake with sacking Pochettino. Anyway, we're getting too much into football. This is meant to be an investing podcast, and I've not even gotten through the the first three quick fire questions. My final quick fire question is: Say if there was a um, a house fire, yeah. And everyone made it out, and there everyone survived. Uh, and you had you, your phone and your dying laptop also survives as well. What would you What would you save? What would you keep? What in terms of additionally? Yeah. Um, yeah. Terms, okay. Um, I'm not going to make item? Between parents. Is it just one item? Yeah, yeah, just one. Okay. Um. um Aftershave. Aftershave? Yeah, yeah. You know you're young, man. Everyone else gives... Okay, I'm going to let you explain that. Why aftershave? There's just something about smelling good that just... I don't know. When you approach people and you speak to people, when you're smelling good, I don't know. You get the results. You get what you want, I think. Um, I don't know. And I feel so much more confident wearing aftershave as well. I think if I was to step out and go and... Obviously, after a fire, you'd have to speak to somebody about something um and i just feel so much more confident if i was smelling good and looking good as well but smelling good to start with your mum and dad are screaming jordan get out of the house get out of the house uh, you're only allowed to keep, you just take as many things as you can and the only thing you can carry is one thing and you bring the aftershave you know your mum's got the water your dad's got the food and they're like jordan what did you bring what did you bring oh mum i bought aftershave <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. If you save the laptop and the phone, you've saved a lot of my life already. So there's not really much on top of that that I care too much about, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, a lot of people have said like laptop and phone all the time yeah. with the question. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let you save because everyone normally has their laptop and phone with them. And I feel like most people, the first thing that they'd save is their laptop and their phone. Um like that's yeah, like definitely. One. and it's like one like your phone's in your pocket, grab your laptop in one hand, you've got another hand, what are you gonna be able to save? Um, but that's the weirdest one, and that just proves. I mean, uh, I didn't know how young you were. You're, you're the same age as me, uh, which, by the way, you got a solid beard for your age, man. Like fair play to you. Um, uh, <laughs> so I, you you're 19. No, I'm 25. Oh, you? Yeah, I started oh, uni okay. a bit later. You started yeah. uni late then. Okay. Yeah. See, that explains it then. Okay, so I take that back a bit because I thought you were like 19, 20 or something. Yeah, no, no. I, I just, wrongly um, assumed that you were 19 because you're a first year. Oh, that's sick, though. That means you... Yeah. you, you, you so why did you go into uni? Uh, why did you decide you wanted to go into uni? So, obviously, initially, I, um, I went to sixth form. I did, I did that whole academic route. Um, but then after that, I decided to go for an apprenticeship. I wanted to just get, get out and earning money sort of as soon as possible. Um, and I wanted to be... Yeah, I wanted to be in that environment, if I'm completely honest. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I actually thought about going back to full-time education um, to try and learn a skill, essentially. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get out to start with and, and start working. And then, and then as, it, as it turned out, um, a few years later, I wanted to sort of knuckle down and guess. Because I, I did it the wrong way around, essentially. But it was the way I wanted to do it, if that makes sense. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. happy with all the decisions I've made. I wouldn't regret not doing anything or doing doing something um but yeah it's just the way things work out i guess 
Yeah, I do. No, I always rate when, when people say that they, they go to uni um, later on because it's sort of, it's a lot harder, I think, um, to go to uni later on than it is when, you know, when you've just finished sixth form, it's like easy route is, is go to go, carry on with the education and get it done in one go. Yeah, because you're still in that sort of education bubble, yeah, aren't you? I guess. Exactly, yeah. It's easy just to get trans, uh, transition. Obviously, it's not easy, but it's, it's a lot easier to transition it into university because you've been in education and then obviously going into a job after that. But with you, with your situation, you were in, in a job, apprenticeship scheme, et cetera. And then you decide, you know what, now nah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a few steps back almost and go, I want to go into uni uh, and I want to try something else. Um, so fair play to you. I mean, and you're doing accounting as well. Um, um, but I mean, we got a little bit about you um, there from, from that question, but could you just quickly sort of, um, explain sort of what we were going to be talking about today and uh, maybe even explain a bit more about yourself as well yeah okay so um so yeah my name is jordan i head up save and invest uk which um, is found on instagram twitter and tiktok um we're currently pushing out content most days um and i'm just trying to grow the page but the whole idea of save and invest and why i started the brand um was to help people in the uk to get into investing um, because I know it's a topic that is stigmatized um, and I know it is one, I don't know if this is a topic that um, is not covered as much in the UK as it is in other countries. Um, for instance, in the US, I think 55% of people in the US invest in the stock market, whereas in the UK, the figures between 10 and 15%. Um, so just trying to raise awareness of investing, um, explore the benefits and try and get as many people involved as possible. How did you sort of get into the world of investing then? Because like you said, it is a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a bit of a taboo subject, but also just something that no one really cares about, um, which I, I think partially that's because uh, our welfare system is a lot better than in America and in, uh, Americans sort of feel like they have to invest if they want to make any sort of money, uh, which is good uh, in terms of being in the UK. But also it, it just means that we have no idea about sort of investing. So how did you get into it? Yeah, so um, I initially got into investing in 2017, um, but it was for the wrong reasons, to be completely honest. Um, I jumped on the crypto bandwagon. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum were dominating news headlines at the time. Um, Bitcoin was valued, I think, somewhere just below £15,000, um, which was remarkable from where it actually started, which was less than, less than a pound. Um, so it was dominating news agendas. It was dominating sort of my friend circles all my friends were speaking about it um and then it was a conversation with a couple of my friends about um a new altcoin pure gambling that's all we were doing we were speculating we were gambling that's what it was um but i managed to get involved into that in that sorry um and then within weeks of putting money into it i think it was up i think four thousand percent Wow. So my 200 pounds turned into literally 8,000 um, pounds. Yeah. In a few weeks. And I, at, the, at that, at that moment, I thought, hang on, I might be onto something here. Obviously not knowing I wasn't, I didn't have a, a great deal of education behind me about crypto. Um, I knew what it was and I knew how it worked essentially, but I didn't know too much about the fundamentals of it. Um, so I then began investing in other altcoins. I then, started putting money into Bitcoin and Ethereum also. Um, and then a few months later, uh, we experienced the 2018 crash. So everything just went shooting right down. 
Um, and then it was at that moment that I looked at more conservative investment tools. Um, so I looked at investing in individual companies and then eventually index funds. And then once I found out about index funds and compound interest, I was hooked in the world of investing, um, especially in stocks and index funds, to be completely honest. It grabs you, doesn't it? It's like, you know, when you, it, it, when you start, you can't stop. Um, yeah, exactly. That was my, my, my story was very similar to that in terms of how I got into investing. Um, uh, just because and everyone, and everyone who does start, always regrets not starting sooner that's one yeah, thing yeah, I've come yeah, yeah. to oh. <laughs> um which is mad because like sort of i'm 19 you're 25 uh you'd been what uh 22 when you started roughly um uh, when, when you started with crypto yeah um so and that's still ridiculously young but even then i sometimes well, i should have really started well to be fair i should have started earlier and i could have started earlier and i'm fuming about this so it was about 2014 or 2015 where um, I'm really sort of into sort of knowing about the news and, and I, I'm always trying to keep up to date with it, into politics and whatever. Uh, and there was this sort of thing about cryptocurrency. And I thought, what the hell is this? This was before anyone was talking about it, like on, a, on, on the level that see, everyone seems to know about it now. Like, you know, the, the guy next door seems to just know everything about crypto, apparently. Um, uh, so I, this was right at the beginning. And I was seeing it in newspapers, not even in British newspapers, in sort of like, Chinese newspapers that had been converted into English ones or whatever. And I thought, what is this? It doesn't make sense to me. I didn't understand what it was. Uh, I, I understand a bit more better what it is now. And so I, I asked one of my teachers and I said, Miss, what's, what's cryptocurrency? And she explained it to me. And I thought, she doesn't know what she's talking about either. Um, <laughs> so I asked a few other teachers and they were like, oh, it's, I think it's this and I think it's that. And I thought, all right. And if I just basically made the step and gone onto a computer and looked it up and looked at how to invest, I know for a fact that in 2014 slash 2015, I would have invested in it. And it, it makes me so annoyed because I knew about it and I never did anything about it. And I should have done it because if I, if I invested in it in 20, 2015, when I knew about it, then, oh man, it was, yeah, I, I still get so, because this was before anyone was talking about it like this I, I'm like, I'm, I wouldn't call, I'm not smart, but sort of, I like to, like I said, keep on top of the news. So this was just a random question in the middle of lesson where I was just like, oh, miss, do you know, do you know what this cryptocurrency thing is? Um, and she tried to explain to me, like I said, and, and she had no idea. And even the other teachers that sort of I respected because of their sort of knowledge on things outside of their own subject, they were like, oh, I'm not really too sure. I'm like, well, if I can't, and at that age, I mean, I was only in like year eight or something or year nine. At that age, I'm, uh, you think your teachers know everything. And mm, so definitely. I'm like, if I can't get, if, and that your teacher is the only reliable source of information. If I get it from the internet, it won't be true. It won't be reliable. So I thought, all right, I gave up on it. And it was all, it's only literally in the last year or so that I've actually invested in crypto. Before that, I, I, mine was actually the opposite to your story. I invested in a mutual fund first, then an index fund. Then I invested in crypto. Um, it was, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's like the opposite sort of to yours. Anyway, we're, we're talking about all these words, right? Um, and uh, we've taken ages to get to this point but you know it is what it is this is a podcast um uh, i want to sort of in this episode of the podcast i want to talk about the basics of of investing um and sort of yeah. how to get into it of what to get into what's the best way um and i want to sort of segment it into two parts i want to first just quickly discuss crypto i guess i mean i because just because like I want to focus more on the conservative sort of investment routes because they're a lot safer. Um, and then I want to talk about the, the conservative 
the routes, you know, the index funds, mutual funds, the differences, how do you get into it, et cetera. So first things first, um, how would you sort of define cryptocurrency to someone that has no idea what it is? So I would define cryptocurrency as a highly volatile digital asset. Okay. Um, that's that in a sentence, that's what I would describe it as. What do you mean by, why is it so highly volatile? What do you mean by that? Because right now we're going through sort of a sticky stage. Um, I mean, crypto is sort of treated as like a startup company, essentially. Um, so people aren't really sure what to believe with it. Obviously, governments are, are trying to ban it. Some governments are quite, um, are quite accommodating of it. Um, for instance, El Salvador has just passed it as legal tender in that country. So, and then you look at, um, the contrast on the other on the other side, you look at China trying to ban ban it everywhere, and mm. um, to be honest, I don't, I don't really keep up with with all of the countries that are trying to implement legislation to try and ban it. But I'd assume it's probably more common than it is uncommon, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 hugely volatile because it's not really backed. It's got nothing sort of supporting it. It's it's his own asset out there on on its own essentially, um, and. And yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one because it's the risk is adverse. So the risk is different to the risk the index funds or real estate poses um, in terms that they are affected by sort of um, the stock market and the housing market. Crypto is its own market, essentially. And usually, when stocks and real estate are doing badly, crypto is doing quite well. Um, and the same can be said for when crypto is doing quite well. Um, crypto is doing badly stocks and real estate is usually doing is usually doing quite well um it's not an asset class that i would encourage people to invite uh, to invest in it's not something that i would definitely say you need to put money into crypto um but it is something that interests me it's something that excites me it's definitely something that could be in the future it could be it could definitely be here to stay um and yeah, it's an interesting asset class, which is why I hold a small percentage, but only a small percentage. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the exact same as well. So um, uh, there was a point where I wanted to uh, invest a lot, especially for my age, and especially considering I've only ever really had part-time jobs. Um, I wanted to invest a lot of money into crypto. Um, and then I started thinking about it and I started, you know, because crypto is almost like you said, it is like a startup essentially. And so if you're someone that hasn't invested before and you're thinking, well, what do I invest in? And you're looking at crypto as one of the sort of uh, one of the things that you might potentially invest in. Crypto is like you said, it's like a startup. It's brand new. You don't know whether it's going to be really successful. Successful. You don't know whether it's going to be a complete failure where you lose loads of your money. There has been many situations in the past. I know you recently spoke about football index. Uh, on on Instagram about how that um, collapsed completely and, and people lost thousands of, 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 of pounds and there's been other examples as well in the past that people have lost so much money because they've invested in something to use the word volatile you know like you said investing in something that's volatile something that can go up or down sideways whatever uh, um, and it's just not the safest route and and again this isn't financial advice obviously because I'm a nobody you know Jordan's still young like we both relatively don't I mean Jordan knows a lot more than I do which is why I've got him on um but you know we're not expert investors crypto is like the last thing you almost want to invest in and if you do invest in it you want to you don't really want to prioritize it I feel like it's not something that I prioritize in terms of where my money goes every month um just because like you said how volatile it is 
um, and how sort of ooh, it could go up, it could go down sort of thing. I don't know if you agree with what I'm saying there or if you sort of... Yeah, definitely. I echo, I echo exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah, again, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be my go-to in terms of investing. Um, but again, I can see why people do. But in, in my opinion, it's probably a bit more of a gamble than it is a, a long-term investment. Um, but that being said, with investing, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I mean, there, there was a book that I read. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, uh, but the book said something like, I mean, it was a book on investing. Um, I don't even think the, the book was actually a reliable investing book, to be honest, now that I think about it. Um, but um, uh, he, 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 the author was basically said that you can't, the minute your barber starts telling you about um, a certain stock, the stock is already ready to go down. Um, yeah. So basically what I mean by that is everyone seems to be experts on crypto. Everyone's saying buy crypto, buy Bitcoin, buy Dogecoin, buy whatever coin, all this other stuff. Everyone's buying into it, which probably means that the people who hold a lot of it are starting to let go of it, are starting to think, oh, now is my time to get out of it almost because everyone's buying into it whilst it's going up and up and up. And obviously, it's going down now because oh, it's being extremely volatile right now um, uh, for, for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but signs, it's, there's just things that sort of suggest, I don't know how to really explain it about when it comes to investing in crypto, which is why I only want to talk a little bit about it. Um, you mentioned uh, about what your go-to, uh, how crypto wouldn't be your go-to um, uh, thing that you'd invest in. So let's say um, you've got someone brand new, right? He's never invested. He's a good friend of yours. He's never invested in his life. What are you sort of telling him to do? Are you telling him to go Forex? Are you telling him to go stocks? Uh, are you telling him to go somewhere else? Well, what, what are you telling him to do? Okay, yeah. So my advice for a newbie investor, whether it would be my friend or someone else, um, would be firstly to look into index funds. Um, I think index funds are a very underrated investment tool. Um, they give you exposure to lots of different sectors, as well as lots of different countries in some cases. Um, and they are a lot lower risk than investing in individual companies um, and investing in startups, obviously, which are, again, highly volatile. Um, yeah, my advice would be to look into index funds. I do like uh, mutual bonds as well. I do think they might have a place in someone's portfolio, just depending on how much risk you want to take. Obviously, they're a bit, I would say, lower risk than um, investing in the stock market, investing in index funds. Bonds are generally seen as more safer investment tools. Um, but that being said, I currently don't hold any mutual bonds. Um, I am mainly index funds and then a small percentage of stocks. But for any newbie investor, any beginner investor, I would definitely recommend looking into looking into some of the most popular index funds um, just to get that sort of diversification um, and that exposure just to ensure that um, a person isn't going to lose money, essentially. I mean, investing in the stock market in the short term, you're more than guaranteed to lose money. But in the long term, you're probably going to make a lot of money. So in terms of index funds, they're hard to beat. They're low risk. They're low fee. And a brilliant place for any beginner to start, in my opinion. Oh, so what do you mean by, what, what does it mean when, this, when, when you say invest in an index fund? So what do you mean by investing and then what, do you, what is an index fund essentially? Okay, so when I say, when I use the word, the term investing, um, investing just means to put money into something with an expectation that it will go up in value. Um, so when you think about investments, you can think of 
um, obviously houses, you can think of crypto, you can think of stocks, index funds, um, collectible cars, collectible Pokemon cards, vintage wines. I mean, these are all things that, that would be classed as an investment. Um, but in terms of the actual investment itself, um, the index fund, I would say um, in terms of diversification, it is, it is, it comes with a lot of exposure to different different areas of the stock market. Um, so that again, like I said, is is lowering your risk quite quite a bit. Um, and yeah, index funds, I'd say the best place the best place to start for me. Okay, um, you mentioned you also mentioned sort of with index funds um, that there are sort of different. Well, there's, there's some that are really good and you recommended people to um, maybe check out the ones that are really good. Um, how would you go about sort of investing in these really good ones? What do you do? Because you can't just sort of go, go somewhere. It's not like you go to a shop and you just buy it. But, um, everything's sort of online now. What, where are you going? Because that's sort of one of the struggles that I had when I started investing. Because I was like, right, I want to start investing. What do I do? So I went online and I started typing how to invest um, and everything pretty much came up like American sort of stuff. Um, and it took me, it took me a long time. Like it took me a year, like, probably a year and a half until I actually, from when I started thinking about investing to actually investing, it was, it was actually at the beginning of lockdown that I invested um, uh, because I had all this free time. So I, I could actually do more research. Um, so like, how, how are you investing? Are we going on the apps or, what, what are you sort of doing? I know these are really basic questions, but that's what I want to sort of get out of you, uh, at least right now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so an index fund to start with, I just want to break down what an index fund is. Um, I think you did ask me that, but I missed out yeah. the last answer. Um, but an index fund is essentially a fund that tracks an index. Um, so when we look at different indexes, we might look at the FTSE 100, which is the top 100 companies in the UK. Um, the S&P 500, which is the top 500 companies in the USA. Um, and then you've got global indexes such as um, I think FTSE do a, a global all world tracker, essentially. Um, and that tracks um, global countries. So countries from different different countries all around the world, but also different sectors. Um, and an index fund just tracks a particular index. So, for instance, the S&P 500, which is one of my favorites, um, that actually if you buy an s p 500 index you're essentially buying into the top 500 companies in america so your apple your amazons all the big players um and that list of 500 companies is forever changing um so in 20 30 years there'll obviously be 500 different well not a, a brand new 500 but there will be new companies added into that 500 um, and if you buy into the index fund that automatically updates so you're always getting that, that same level of exposure, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously when the index fund tracks that index, it's supposed to mirror um, the performance of the index. Um, so the S&P 500, for instance, I think has averaged just over 10% annual return since its inception in 1926, I think. Um, but yeah, so there are some quite consistent, consistent gains with indexes and index funds. Um, but the way to go about investing in index funds, um, so first of all, you would need to find a, a platform or an investment broker, essentially a stockbroker. Um, and there are lots of different ones about in the UK. Um, I know Vanguard's a popular one globally, um, but we've also got Hargreaves Lansdowne, AJ Bell, 
Um, and there are some commission-free apps such as Trading 2 and 2 and Free Trade, um, which have become increasingly popular given the low fee, the commission-free status. Um, and you can invest in index funds on any of these platforms. Um, they're traded often as ETFs, which means they are exchange-traded funds, um, which basically just means that they're easily accessible for an individual. Um, you don't have to, you can put very little amounts of money into it. Um, you can buy them sort of Monday to Friday when the market opens. Um, and they're just generally a, a lot more easier to get a hold of. Um, but yeah, you can buy them from sort of any established investment platform. Um, any investment broker will know about index funds. They will know about, um, yeah, some of the more famous index funds. And I'm sure they will be able to point you in the right direction. But any sort of investment platform will, will do, essentially. So, so what, are, what are you sort of, again, um, just to sort of reiterate the question or change up the question here a bit. Um, so let's say, for example, um, let, we'll, use, we'll use Vanguard as the, oh, we'll use, we'll use um, free trade and trading 212. Um, because they seem to be on the rise because of their low commissions. What are you sort of doing to 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 invest in these? Where are you going? Are, they, are you going in the? Are you just typing in trading two one two, making an account, and then boom, you're sorted? Or how how is that working? Is there sort of requirements? You need to have like you need to show passports and stuff like that. Hello. What happened? Did you go? Hello. It's quite easy to invest in. in Hello, Jordan. Can you hear me? Uh, um, invest in this country. You need um, sort of, I think, a minimum deposit of one pound. Um, one second. Sorry, the connection dropped. I think. Yeah, it did. Can you hear me? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me, Jordan? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it sort of went completely. You went silent for quite a bit. So, um, just can you just start uh, that answer again? Um, sorry, um, because it, it basically just froze out after I finished my question. Yeah, no worries. Um, so to start investing, you will need obviously your personal details. Um, in some cases, you might need a form of ID, but not always. Um, a lot, very common with sort of trading two and two and free trade is the minimum investment of, I think, one pound. So you'll need to put one pound in to start investing, um, which is contrary to many people's beliefs when they think that you need lots of money to start investing. Um, but yeah, most apps, so you, you can, I think under a hundred pound will cover you on probably 90, 95% of, of platforms. Um, um, you'll be able to start investing on any of them with, with that sort of money. Um, in terms of passports and ID, that's not really required. There is um, usually a form you need to fill out if you want to start investing in American index funds and companies, um, but that takes sort of a minute if that. Um, so it is really easy to get started. All you need to do is sort of download the app, sign up to one of these platforms, um, type in your details, type in obviously what, um, how much money you want to deposit, how much money you want to put in, and then set up some sort of automation. Um, and then, yeah, you're, you're, you're really away. The main thing is obviously to research. That's, I think that's the hardest thing about investing is knowing what to invest in, what to look for, and, um, and how to sort of monitor how successful an investment might be. Um, but in terms of actually starting on a platform, I think that is one of the easier things. I think technology has made it really easy now. Um, anyone can do it from their phone, from their laptop. Um, so, yeah.
Brilliant. Yeah, 100%. It definitely is sort of the easiest. It is, weirdly, once you get started, then like we sort of mentioned earlier, you do get hooked and you are doing a lot more research and things because you realise, oh, crap, this is my money. I need to make sure that I know where I'm putting it. Um, so, um, yeah, exactly. so this, hypothet- this hypothetical friend of yours, right? So he now knows what investing is. He knows that he wants to potentially invest in index funds, mutual bonds, funds, whatever. Um, uh, he's made an account with one of the platforms. How is he going about doing the research? What is he looking at? Is he looking at past performance? What is, what is, what is he actually specifically looking out for? How is he doing some research on different index funds, I guess? Yeah, good question. So firstly, um, obviously you want to research what the actual index fund does, what it tracks, um, what it looks at, and just see if that's something that you want exposure to essentially. Um, So first of all, first step, get to know the index fund, get to know what it's investing in essentially, um, where and what sectors. Um, You then want to look at sort of... um, in terms of your investment strategy, what you want to invest in, the sort of returns that you want and the sort of risk that you're prepared to take. Because um, for instance, some index funds might be seen as more risky than others. Um, and also some of them have more exposure than others, which obviously reduces the risk in itself. Um, but yeah, so looking at those sort of things, um, past performance is good to look at, I believe. I don't think it always indicates future performance, but past performance, is obviously a good sign. You want a a good track record, essentially. Um, But you also want to know that the company is going to be good going forward. And that goes for individual companies or an index that tracks a group of companies. Um, You want to know that obviously the the growth in that country or in that sector is is there to be had, essentially. Um, But just doing basic research on, like I said, the type of investment, what it is invested in, and whether it's something that you believe in, I think if you could ask yourself those two, three questions and you can answer them, then I think um, an index fund will be perfect for you. Yeah. Um, so we've mentioned, we've spoke about sort of different index funds um, already. Um, I want to get into sort of now, like sort of individual stocks, because that's sort of a little different sort of index funds. Um, I would argue it's a lot more, a lot riskier um uh because it's sort of uh, just on one company whilst if if it's the S&P 500 or, or um yeah if it's the S&P 500 for example that's 500 different companies um so you're almost you've got more margin for error whilst one company that's sort of you're putting money into that that entity hoping that that it's going to do well uh, how are you going about doing that is it on the same platforms is it on different platforms yeah so um if you want to invest in individual companies, you can do that pretty much the same as index funds, the same places, um, the same providers that I've listed, Vanguard, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, AJ Bell, and Trading 2 and 2 Free Trade are also good ones. Um, but yeah, you can invest in stocks pretty much anywhere. You can invest in index funds and vice versa. Um, but with stocks, as you said, I would like to highlight that they are probably more riskier. Um, you're putting more sort of eggs in one basket, essentially. Um, But when looking at a company, the main things to look at, I would say, are, again, what the company is, what it stands for, what its values are, what it delivers, what services and products. Um, I'd also put a big, um, yeah, I'd I'd put a lot of my time personally into assessing financial statements and looking at the balance sheet. I think 
um, the financials of a company can tell a lot about it. It doesn't give you the complete story, but it gives you a good idea of how the company is performing. Um, and again, I would look at the individual company. So I'd look at its competitors. I would look at its room for growth. I would look at how innovative the company is itself. Um, but these are things I'd look for long-term, if that makes sense. So I'd look for these things in companies if I was going to invest long-term. I know people do invest in companies um, for the short-term. Uh, some people like to call it trading, but in terms of long-term strategies for investing in companies, I would like to see an innovative company, one that is growing, one that has room for growth, um, that's in a sector where it can keep growing, um, a sector that's not too... Um, doesn't have too many competitors um and yeah i just say a, a company that that you feel that you believe in really i think the belief is probably the most important thing if you can believe in an investment then you sort of won most of the battle i believe okay so i mean when you're investing in these individual companies and in the index funds um a lot of people sort of hear about uh, when you invest it's you're making money work for you and dividends and getting this amount of money coming into your month, uh, bank account every month or every year or whatever um is that how does that work do you get that from both index funds and from um uh, individual stocks do you get it only on specific ones depending or how, how how do you sort of how do you make money off these investments that you're 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 putting in? yeah that's a very good question so with index funds and stocks um a lot of index funds and stocks pay dividends. Not all of them do, but a, a lot of them do. Um, and they are paid sporadically, if I'm honest. Some pay quarterly, some pay um, twice a year, some pay once a month. Um, so it really does range when in, um, the dividends are paid. Um, so dividend income is a form of passive income. Um, and passive income is income that you don't have to work for, essentially. But another form of passive income that is related to index funds and stocks is the capital growth. So this is actually how much the asset has risen by, let's say in a year, two, three, four years. Um, and that is a form of passive income. So not only are you getting dividend income when investing, you're getting the capital growth income, um, which index funds, stocks, um, lots of them do provide where well, they should be providing. In an ideal world, all of your investments will, will rise. So in an ideal of, world, yeah, exactly. All of them um, should be producing capital growth. <laughs> yeah, so, so all these, um, all these uh, sort of dividends going back into your wallet on the account or, or are they going straight into your bank account? Yeah, so that's a, another good question. I think um, with some index funds, you can actually choose to have them um, reinvest their dividends into the fund itself, if that makes sense. Um, but there are some which pay you the actual money um, into your investment account and it just goes in there as cash. Um, and then, yeah, I, I assume with sort of more private investments, you could probably get the money directly straight sent into your bank account. Um, but my advice would be to always try and invest dividends and reinvest the dividend income um, if you want to maximize your returns. 100%. That's, I mean, that's what I do as well. I I think uh, one of the keys sort of uh, uh, you mentioned earlier was about long term. I think that's the key is a lot of us sort of hear about oh, so and so made however many thousands of pounds um, by investing in this or whatever. When you're thinking about investing for the common person, 
um, uh, investing long-term is the only way, essentially. I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's something like index funds. Investing in an index fund is better than what 90-something percent of uh, people who invest, or, or what 90 percent of experts who invest in individual stocks end up making. So you make more money by investing in an index fund, just basically shoving in, barely having to do any research after you've done the research on the index fund once, and then letting it grow for 15, 20, 10, 20, whatever years, compared to experts, again, who day, every single day they're doing, they're doing all this research, trying to get on top of the market, trying to predict the market, and basically they, don't, they end up getting outperformed by something that's very easy, a lot more simple, uh, and a lot less stress, which I think a lot of people forget as well, because people think, oh, I, I just want to make loads of money. Oh, well, if I, if I invest in individual stocks and, and try and predict the market, I can make more money. But you're going to end up spending so much more time. You're going to end up getting so much more stress. Is it really worth it? Probably not. Uh, you could make a little less money, potentially more money, and have less stress um, and have more time. Um, which I always think is, 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 is quite interesting to talk about, um, especially because a lot of people are, with crypto, a lot of people talk about sort of, oh, well, it's, it's a quick way to make money. It's not, you gotta spend the time. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of what my next question is, is um, we've spoken so much about, um, uh, or invest in this and you can invest in that or whatever, um, but, there's always a bit of volatility. Well, there's always risk. Every sort of advert about mm. investing will always talk about your capital is always at risk, blah, 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 blah. Um, for someone that's, again, new to investing, why should they invest then? They could, surely they could just put it in their bank account and it's safe. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Um, a lot of people, I think, are put off by the risk um, involved with investing, which is why people tend to stay away from it. Um, but the risk is in the short term, in my opinion. Um, and there was a study, I think, by Vanguard. Um, I think it was last year or the year before, which basically said um, that if you invest for the long term, if you invest 20 years plus, you have a 99.9% .9 chance of making money, of gaining from your investment, um, which obviously doesn't quite bode well with people's uh, view that the stock market is risky it's only risky in the short term if you're if you're not willing to sort of wait it out um, if you're investing in something for the long term but you're trying to look at it with a short-term perspective you're going to see that it's it's down or it's not performing as well as you thought it might um, and that's sort of where the money really is made in the stock market though because people will sell people will buy and then sell but the people who buy and hold are the ones that always, always come out on top. Um, and yeah, long-term investing always, always beats short-term investing or trading, as I like to call it. Yeah, it's, I, I found it quite funny because I know a few people that saw, they, they basically bought into crypto just because they saw a few TikToks on it um, or saw it on Twitter mm -hmm. and that. And then they pulled out straight away, um, like as in when it went down. And I said, so how much you make? Oh, they were like, oh, I lost like 50 quid. So I didn't lose that much. Then I was thinking, well, if you've, if you've already lost 50 quid, you might, the whole point of it is to stay in. There's no point in you coming out. You just stay in and hold it for the long term. And they're like, oh, man, like, what if I lost like 200, 300 quid? But that's because you're thinking about what's going to happen in a year's time. This is more about, this is, it's a patient game. And I think especially with the younger generation, and I am, you know, we're both part of the younger generation. 
patience is sort of something that isn't as common as it probably was back in the days. Um, and so mm. we need to have this sort of patience of, you know, 20 years. So think about it like this. In 20 years, you are potentially guaranteed extra money if you just hold on to the investment. Um, and you're, you're, that, that money, when you end up putting it into a bank account, it's safe, but it's constantly decreasing. Um because of inflation. So could you talk a bit more about that, Jordan? Because I feel like you'd know more about that. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, right now, people may or may not know, but um, bank account interest rates are at all, and interest rates in particular are at all-time lows. Um, so right now, they are sort of below. I mean, if you go to your bank account, you'll be lucky to get above 1% interest rate um, for the year. Um, that's quite stark comparing to interest rates from sort of 10 years ago where I think they were like 5%. Um, now you're looking at less than 1%. Um, and that is in line with inflation, which has been going the opposite way. So inflation is uh, the rate at which products and services increase every year. Um, so the Bank of England sets this target. It's currently 2%, um, but it could go up given the, the year we've just had um, and the financial crisis all around the world, to be honest. Um, but that number is probably set to rise. Um, it's currently at 2%. But while inflation is at 2% and interest rates of bank accounts are lower than that and much lower than that. So in some cases, they're sort of 0.05. I think yeah. I've seen some. Ridiculously um, low, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're looking to save money um, in, an, in a bank account that's earning that that interest rate less than anything less than two percent basically um you are not beating inflation year in year out so inflation the rate of inflation is higher than the interest rate on your bank account which essentially means that your money is losing value each year it's it's decreasing in value um and yeah the only way around it right now is to invest your money otherwise you're going to be seriously losing money now obviously i would say only invest for the long term so any sort of short-term pockets of money you've got for short-term expenses um, an emergency fund i would encourage people to keep that probably in cash or in a bank account um, but if you're saving money for the long term always get it invested because right now inflation is going up and interest rates are going down so the money is decreasing by even bigger amounts currently yeah exactly like i think that's one of the things that people often forget i think that's why there's this mentality of um, the uh, investing is always too risky because like you were saying like 20 years ago or so um, interest rates on banks uh, were, were five percent um, which is like amazing so you might as well put it in a bank account because it's five percent if there's no risk guaranteed five percent and if you're going uh, obviously back then it was harder to get into investing there's uh, a lot less access to resources for all of that sort of is put together that's probably why we've been taught by our parents not really to, they're not really to blame but we've been taught by the by previous generations that oh it's, it's really risky but now we've mm. almost been backed into a corner and we almost have to or risk basically our bank account or our, our, our money going down rather than going up every year like it's going down by well let's let's say let's assume inflation is three percent um and you're getting a 0.5 percent which is which is actually pretty good interest rate right now 
a 0.5% interest rate. A pretty good, that's 0.5%. I mean, your money is 2.5%. It's decreasing by 2.5% every year. It's not worth it. You're already losing money. You might as well invest some of it in the stock market. That's my, that was my, or the or indexes or whatever. That was my sort of thinking about it uh, when I started investing because I was like, oh crap, I'm losing money, man. And you know, yeah. I, I want to be making money. I don't want to be losing it. Um, you mentioned that again. We yeah, you spoke about sort of um, uh, the you know interest rates are going down, inflation is going up, and the reason being, you know, we're in a pandemic. We're going to hit a recession if we're not already in a recession, I guess. Um, yeah, isn't is it a safe time to invest? Because you said now the best now is sort of the best time to be investing because we've not really got. Well, I said we've not really got a choice because we've been back into corner because of the situation, but. Is it a safe time to be investing, you know, with everything going on, a recession, you know, potentially the worst recession ever about to uh, occur? Um, what are your thoughts on, 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 on the Hello? timing of investing right now? Hello? Are you there? Are you gone? Hello? Yeah, sorry, I just dropped out again. Okay, what was the question yeah. again? Sorry? So I, I was just asking um, about your thoughts on investing right now, considering we're about to, we're in a pandemic, we're probably going to hit a recession. Um, is it a smart idea to invest? Yeah, good idea. Um, good question. So I would say, given given the what we've just spoken about, about inflation, about interest rates, I would say right now is probably the best time um, within the past sort of 50 years to start investing. Um, as I said, right now, your money is losing, losing value in a bank account, which is unlike um, previous years. 20, 30 years ago, that would have been unheard of. Um, but right now, your money is decreasing in value. So investing has sort of become fundamental to building wealth. Um, and if you're someone who wants to sort of save for retirement, you're not going to be able to do that in a bank account, unfortunately, given the fact that it is decreasing every year. The only way to sort of protect your income, to protect your savings um, and grow your savings is to invest them. Um, yeah. That's, that's the only the, the only way to beat inflation right now um, is is to invest. And I would say right now, given the technology, given the ease of access we have, um, I've got more my portfolio on my phone, for instance. Um, technology has made it so much easier for us to get started. And apps like Trading 2 and 2 and Free Trade with letting us just put one pound, uh, letting us just deposit one pound. Um, I think has has helped massively in in trying to get more people involved in investing. So I would say now is the perfect time. Well, they always say yesterday was the best time to invest, but today is the second best day to invest. Mm. So get invested. Any anyone that's ever invested will tell you, um, uh, uh, and this is based on sort of books and, and podcasts and whatever. They will tell you I should have invested earlier. We spoke about it earlier as well like as in everyone is always talking about investing earlier so now is the best sort of time to invest and genuinely when you do start you get hooked because you want to see that number in on the app or the website going go up uh, as in terms of how much money you're putting in you're you're like like, you're you're scrambling all your cash together you're pumping in and shoving and be like here take it take it make more money make more money because you're begging for it to go up and up and it's not doing that in a bank account yeah i'm getting what one pound at the end of the year like from my bank, I'm like, thanks. I gave you all my money. You give me a pound back. I might as well put it in a in a, in an in in index fund. Um, and the funny and thing yeah. is, the banks will invest your money on behalf of you. Yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. go and see your money at a bank account, 
they will actually take that money and utilize that money to make more money essentially um, and they'll invest it in I don't know whatever they they like to invest in um, but yeah so you save money with the bank and they'll invest it for you but then give you a rubbish interest rate exactly. back so it, doesn't, it really doesn't make sense so, so many people when I when I re- made that realization right I was thinking oh my days man how we never taught this and there's obviously a reason why we're not taught this because they they you know the system whoever you want to call it i know it sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory but they don't want us to know about this right they don't want us to know that they are quite literally we this that's how banks work or we give them our money right our money when we put that in that is all we're we're essentially giving it it's not put in a a a specific box like harry potter put in one of that that chamber or whatever um, or whatever it's called I don't know if you've ever watched Harry Potter you know that massive vault the vaults right the vaults yeah you yeah, know like yeah. where Harry Potter's gold is put in there or something or whatever. Ringots. Yeah, 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 Ringots yeah that's it yeah it's not like that that money it might look like it on your app yeah but that's just a number someone's just sat there you know it's just been typed up it's just a number right the actual money has already gone to some other investment so they're already yeah. investing it and they're giving you not even a they're giving you a percent a one percent half a percent of what they've actually made right if they're going to invest it you might as well invest it yourself right and honestly when you make when you realize this sort of stuff you go what am i doing with my life that i'm giving these lot of money and they're investing my money without giving me any of the money it doesn't make sense and it frustrates me because obviously we don't get taught this but the reason why we don't get taught this is a million different reasons but because obviously you know the bankers are in charge of the country and whatever there's conspiracy theories but you get there are fi- financial advantages to us not knowing about this i think exactly. for the banks and for the government probably exactly there are and 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 these a lot of these um uh these these ministers these people that are in charge have either worked in banks and been head of banks in, in the past um and had prominent roles in banks so for example the the former chancellor, of the, I can't remember what the current chancellor does, but the, the former chancellor of the Exchequer, who is the second most powerful person in the country, uh, was um, a leading finger in Deutsche Bank um, at one point. So these people yeah. are in our sort of political spheres. And behind the scenes as well, these politicians get money from somewhere and a lot of the money gets is given by banks as well. Bankers are funding um, the way our country is run and that's probably why they don't want you to know um, about investing and things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, and that's where the, um, the 2008 financial crisis stemmed from mm. was the government bailing out the banks essentially. So exactly. yeah, there's, a, there's a, a historic relationship between the government and the banks. The banks. Um, that, well, this thing, it's it, it's it's we again. Like I said, we never. Again, as someone that sort of um, is into sort of uh, politics and the news and whatever, uh, you know, I always used to hear the term about uh, the crash in OA. No one, but not, there would be nothing that explained the crash. It would just be said, oh, blah, blah, blah happened because of the crash in OA. Well, what's the crash in OA? You're not teaching me. The fact that it's not in any sort of um, uh, uh, business, um, uh, what's it called, curriculum in school. I was never taught about the crash in OA. I had to actually go to my business teacher and go, what was the crash in 08 then? Why is everyone talking about it? How did that happen, right? Like, it was never explained to me because the schools would never explain it. Why, why would they? Why, why would the curriculum explain it? Because, because, you know, they wouldn't. Because, you know, like you said, there's been huge links with government and banks before. You know, when they say bankers and all that sort of stuff. Honestly, when you start doing the research, just like investing, when you actually get in, you know, when you get interested in it, you end up 
end up saving more money. You end up investing more money. You end up learning so much more about the way the world works, the way banks work, which is quite depressing sometimes. But when you start thinking how much money you could potentially make by investing, you go, you know what? It's actually pretty decent. In 20, if I invest in 20 years, I've got a 90% chance of making something. That's pretty good. Making a lot as well. Um, which is always sort of good. Um, I've only got a, a few, a few um, uh, more questions. Um, one of them is about sort of, uh, you know, I, I know you, you, you're not really in the position because you've obviously worked for a few years as well. Um, but when you're sort of a student, you're obviously, um, and, you, and you might be as well, you might be sort of struggling. I don't know your financial situation. But when you're, when you're young um, and maybe you just started working or whatever, or maybe you are working full time or maybe you've not got a job at all or whatever. Um, actually, no, if you've not got a job at all, do not start investing. Um, but my question is to you is how do you go about sort of consistently investing and making sure that you have enough money to invest and also, you know, live your life as well? Like, how are you figuring out what's the most efficient way to do that to make sure that money yeah. is consistently going in? Yeah, it's a very good question. So I think firstly, establishing some sort of budget um, would help maybe looking at your future income um, looking at your current expenses and sort of ascertaining what what's left at the end of each month um, that will then put you in a position to be able to commit to automating a specific amount each month um, so try and find a number that works for you whether that be 10 pound a month 100 pound a month a thousand pound a month find a number that works for you and try and get consistent with it Automation is the most effective way to fund your bank account and uh, to fund your investment account, I believe. Um, it takes away the, the, the thinking process behind it. Essentially, you're just throwing money into it. You're doing something consistently um, in a disciplined format and you're getting your money into your investment account, which essentially will grow in years to come. Um, so, yeah, budgeting and then automating a comfortable amount. Um, but then if you like to work to a zero base budget or if you like to try and use up your money essentially and try and leave yourself with um, just a, a pot to play with, you might want to try and invest little bits on top of what, cause I, it's hard to explain, but what I do now is so I automate my investments. I have a, a, a specific amount going in every month, but on top of that, I'll try and look for little pockets of money that I can invest on top additionally, just to try and, I don't know, just to try and get the pot a little bit bigger because the bigger it is the bigger it grows um so yeah budgeting and automation i'd say are key to to being able to fund your investments yeah i, th I think the key sort of is that um uh, there, there's different ways to do it but like you said i think the best way and i do the exact same as is what you just said uh I, you know i worked out sort of what my what my living expenses were i worked out how much i was making and how much i was spending and then basically i have an automated amount that i put in every month that automatically does it so i don't ever see that money um and then i also put in any additional amount that i go oh you know i'll put this in i'll put that in um so that it means that there's always a minimum of a, a particular amount that is going every single month regardless because i know with what's remaining i can still survive on food you know accommodation etc cetera, etc cetera. i can still work on that um and i think i think that's the key thing i think auto if I, if i didn't have an automated system i don't think i'd have more than a couple of quid inside investments i think the automate autom yeah I, I think have because it's automated and me not knowing about it i think that helps 
because mm. I mean I use Vanguard, so I would have been forced to invest five hundred pounds. I think I think it was five hundred pounds. The initial it might be actually a thousand. No, I think it was I think it was like five hundred. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, to start, so I didn't even know about free trade because I didn't I wasn't very familiar with them, but I knew Vanguard was was a, a very popular stock brokerage. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. Um, so I was in, I was forced to invest a lot, and Vanguard also forces you to have a direct debit um, uh, every single month as well. So um, wait, does it? Am I? Maybe it doesn't. No, I'm sure it does. I think it does. I can't remember now, but I know that at the time I thought it did. So I ended up setting one up, and because I'd set one up, it just does it quite automatically, and it does it pre. It's, it does it the day after I get paid. So I never ever see that money, and essentially I never have that money almost, which is the best mm. thing because it's like yeah. so. F- let's say for example, in the month I got paid three hundred pounds from Morrison's. Uh, the next day, that money's already gone. So I never actually see my bank account with three hundred pounds. I'll only ever see it with whatever you know I invest in every single month, if you know what I mean. And it's the yeah. best way to do it. automated, automated. Honestly, that's that. I would say that's my biggest tip is get it automated so that it happens automatically and you'll never even think about it. And honestly, before you know it, you'll be like, oh, I've got a decent amount of money here. Um, and it's yeah. the best feeling in the world. Definitely. And it's not when people think they're investing, they think that they're just sort of throwing money away and just trying to forget about the money. But as I said before, with technology and with the ease of access we have now, your portfolio is easily accessible from an internet device. So you can go on and check what your investments are looking like i wouldn't advise doing it too much because it can become quite tedious but um definitely reviewing your investment portfolio and just checking how much um your account is going up by can obviously be good motivation and can sort of reaffirm the belief that you had initially of why you chose to invest so i think um yeah it, it's good to try and i think a lot of people track their net worth as well so it's good to sort of use it for those sort of reasons um, and just mm. to be able to see what's happening because you want to know that, that, that you're growing the money essentially. Um, and yeah, it's not, and it's not devaluing in a bank account. <laughs> well, see, it's, it's weird that you, you, you said that it becomes quite tedious to do it all the time. I do it all the time. I do it every single day. So I have sort of almost a routine of doing it once a day um, on, on sort of all my accounts um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll check them out every single day. Usually before I go to bed, I'll, I'll normally check them out. Uh, just do a quick sort of look um, and that keeps me motivated whilst for other people I think because I'm because mm. I've gone into it now going okay I'm in here for the next 20 to 30 years so I'm thinking really long term here I'm thinking 20 to 30 years I'm here for I'm, I'm expecting first 15 years I'm expecting it to go down essentially every single day before I open the app I'm thinking it's going down if it goes up then it's it's just a little bonus but I'm expecting yeah, it to yeah. go down for the first 15 years that's my mindset and I feel like when you have that mindset, when you see it and you go, oh, it's gone up. And it ended, it's sort of gone up. Since I started investing, it's gone up by like 6%, which is more than in, um, uh, where it would have in the bank, a lot more than in the bank um, and with inflation. And bearing in mind, it's right at the beginning. In a few more years, it'll be more than 6%, a lot more than 6%, hopefully. Um, mm. And uh, again, it's sort of you're experimenting here and there. But like you said, it's better. Um, about how a lot of people feel like they're throwing money away. It's so easy now because you can literally just go on the app and sell if you want. Within about five minutes, you'll have sold everything, get all your money back um, and more potentially or less, yeah. depending on when you sell. Um, and and yeah, I, I, my, my final sort of question to you, 
or my uh, yeah my final my my two final questions how would you go about sort of learning about investing there so obviously after this podcast you've learned you've watched this podcast or you listen to this podcast you know loads about investing a load more than you originally knew then you check out jordan's um social media pages because they're brilliant um they're on um, one of the reasons why i like them so much is because they're uk based it is very hard to find or yeah. at least for me so far is uk based resources people are talking about 401ks in america i'm thinking what the hell is a 401k and why do people yeah. talking about it? it and it takes ages because when you try and convert it to english terms you oh i get so confused when americans start telling me about invest or when american youtubers talk about investing because i'm like i don't know what any of these words mean and then they start talking about dollars and whatever and it's just yeah yeah. that's why i was such a fan of 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 your page when i first saw it and i didn't know you had a tiktok so i'll definitely follow you on there as well um cool yeah so you've watched you've listened or watched this podcast you've gone and followed um jordan's all of jordan's pages where else are you going about learning about investing? How, how, how have you learned about investing so far? Yeah, so I'd say it depends on the type of person and the type of learner that you are. Um, I, I, would, I would encourage people to read books um, and yeah, read articles and just, I think in the investing world, books are sort of highly sought of. They're seen as um, this amazing financial asset um, that can really help you educate yourself. But for me, I'm more of a, a visual learner. So I learned so much through YouTube. I'd say I'd learned probably 90, 95% of what I know now through YouTube, probably just watching somebody talk in front of a screen, just something basic. Um, but that really helped me learn a lot about investing. Um, and there are lots of different investment accounts out there. There are some good ones in the UK. Um, big shout out to Making Money Simple. I watch a lot of his stuff. He's from the UK. Um, but there are also some US-based ones, which I do I do like to watch. Um, as you already picked up on, there's a lot more US-based content around investing already. Um, and, and a lot of that, to be honest, was the, was the reason why I got involved in investing and then why I started my page as a UK-based um, investment advice service, essentially. Um, but yeah, so YouTube, books, um, speaking to people, speaking to people who've actually invested, um, and just getting their sort of opinion and, it, and how they've experienced the process. Um, but also um, trying it for yourself, I think that was the main, the, main, the main driver for me. I mean, once you actually give it a go, if you just decide to put, I don't know, 10 pounds in, 20 quid in, um, and just sort of experience it for yourself, maybe split it amongst a range of different investments and just have a, have a get a feel of it. I think that, that, that way also works well. But, but yeah, my biggest... My biggest instrument, I'd say, was was YouTube. See, yeah, again, I, I I think I'd say I read maybe two books. I would say, um, and I'd I'd recommend uh, uh, his name's Ramit Sethi. Um, his uh, book, I will teach you how to be rich. It sounds like it's a get rich quick scheme, but it is very interesting. Um, yeah. So I'd recommend reading that. Um, and like, but like you said, YouTube, and it was actually the American. I know I complained about it, but it was actually the American sort of um investing pages and, and and youtube channels that got me first into it uh, and then eventually mm-hmm. i did my sort of own research but sort of in, uh, following your page um uh what did you say it was called make money matter or something so um there's a youtube channel that i follow called making money simple making money simple right i'll check that yeah. one out. i don't think I've, I've and is that that's uk based as well yeah 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 he's got an instagram account as well um, oh, okay called simple but yeah really good yeah, right. Well, I'll definitely check him out as well then, um, because I think it's important to have 
especially with the situation that we're in right now, um, just important to know more about investing. And I think there's a, a huge danger, especially with what happened with football index. And I want to quickly touch on that actually before we finish, because um, football index, I remember this was a few years ago now. Um, I think it was a few years ago when I first saw football index and it was basically football index was, you know, a chance to um, in, invest in players almost uh, in football players. Um, and if they did well, then their value rose and you'd get money out of it. If they didn't, then whatever. Um, and then they ended up going they completely shut down. Um, could you tell us a bit more about that, Jordan, before we finish off? Yeah, so um, I don't know too much about it in terms of um, how people experienced it, but I understand the football index to be essentially, um, it, it was operating under, well, the football index... As you, as you picked up on, it basically meant that you could buy players at a value and then sell them in the future um, and their value would go up or down based on performance. Um, but there was no sort of intrinsic value linked to the players. Um, the company, it was deemed as the football stock market, but it was far from it. It was essentially, I don't know how to use this phrase often, but it was gambling. Um, and as you can see, fast forward, I think, it started in 2015, so six years on, um, it's now had its operating licenses suspended um, and customers have lost, I think, £70 million pounds in total. Wow. So it's it's gone horribly wrong, horribly wrong. Um, but that is another form of gambling and people getting involved when they don't really know too much about why players are going up and down. Um, mm. I mean, I know a couple of people that did put some money in right at the start, but they also took the money quite quickly out, out of it. Um, so I don't know anyone who's actually f sort of fallen victim to, to, to it shutting down, essentially. But, um, yeah, a pretty big gamble. It, is, it, it was. was just a pretty big gamble. I, I think with, with Football Index, um, uh, I think one of the things that they were doing was I, was I remember when I first saw the advert for it, I thought, oh, well, this could be a good way for me to get into investing. I know a lot about football. I don't know much mm -hmm. about investing in other things. This is going to be great. I can make loads of money. Like, um, you know, and I never, thankfully, I never did because I wasn't proactive in doing it. But I think one of the things that they were almost targeting was, well, there's so many people out there that know about football compared to knowing about investing, you know, who almost use that to, to get them to invest or, or so-called invest in, in quotation marks into these players. Um, and it never really made sense. And um, I ended up doing a little bit of research. I've not done a lot on it. Um, on the way it worked and, and basically it was dodgy from the get-go you were never really investing in these players it was essentially all just gambling it didn't make mm. sense how you how because when you invest in a, a stock or in an index fund you are essentially investing in a company or in much uh, a, a range of companies so that makes sense so you almost you have like a not one no 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 one percent of that company right you can see where your money is going essentially yeah. Exactly. Mm. When, when you buy, when, when you were bought, when you were buying players in Football Index, you didn't actually own 0.0000001% of Ronaldo. Mm. It, because there was no official thing about it. If that was the case, it would be everywhere. You'd have all these randomers owning Ronaldo. And that, it would yeah. also mean that when Ronaldo, for example, went to Juventus for 80 million, you would be getting a dividend of that. Because yeah, you would have yeah, to yeah. almost, you know what I mean? And it never, it never made sense. And it was ridiculously dodgy. And it preys on, I feel like, on young people 
um, who want to get into investing but don't know how to and have been told, oh, make sure you do your research. So you, they use the phrase, make sure you do your research and be like, oh, well, I know loads about football. I'll do it on football. Um, um, and, and, and I think that's why it's so important to, well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on, Jordan, because I saw that you were talking about investing. I really liked your page um, on Instagram. Um, and again, it seemed like, you know, you do uh, what you were saying and you quite clearly do know what you're saying. Um, and, and yeah, that's why I wanted to get you on and hopefully get sort of young people more almost into investing or at least knowing what investing can do for you. Um, yeah. and yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know if you've got anything else that you'd like to add on Jordan. Yeah, no, I think, um, the topic of investing is, is, as I said before, is, it is stigmatized. Um, but anything we can do to sort of get people involved in investing, um, I know obviously my page is there to help anyone if they've got any questions about anything to do with investing. Um, but yeah, we just want to try and get more people invested in this country. It is rising, so it is going up. Um, but I think we can do better. hundred percent, especially when you talked about America's statistic with the UK as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do, I do feel like a bit of, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I, I, I'm, I'm some like Warren Buffett and I know everything about investing it, it, because of how much of a taboo subject it is. I always feel like I never mention it to my friends when I talk about, you know, investing ever, because it's still like really taboo um, because I don't want to come across as if like, I know what I'm talking about. That's why I always cringe when I see everyone, you know, asking me, oh, are you investing in, uh, in, in, in TikTok, in, in crypto? And I'm like, what do you know about crypto? Like realistically, tell me about, tell me what crypto is. And I'll believe that, you know, they won't be able to tell me what crypto is. They'll be like, oh, it's, it's like, it's you know, digital currency, isn't it? I'm like, right, what does that mean? What do you mean by digital currency? They'll be like, oh, it's digital currency, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's digital. They won't ever explain it to me because they don't know. Because they'll see yeah. on, on social media, or TikTok's the worst for it, on these idiots coming out and talking about what they know about, uh, or what, uh, about certain coins and whatever. And it's just a lot of rubbish. And then you, you see, I don't know if you if you, if you be keeping up on it, but there's this new one. I think it's called like Tether or something or X-Tether or something. And uh, Tether's the real one, actually. Because, yeah, there is a coin yeah. that's called Tether, isn't it? I've heard about Tether, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've heard of X-Tether, though. I think Tether's the real one that like makes sense. And then someone else made another one called X Tether or something like that. And basically it's nothing to do with the other Tether, right? Which is the legit coin. And instead mm. it's this fake one that's basically got loads of money back behind it. And loads of um, celebrities are getting sponsored. I think Kim Kardashian got sponsored by it to promote it. And it's just a load of rubbish. It basically has a generic, oh, we've got blockchain technology, even though all cryptocurrencies have blockchain te technology. That's why they're cryptos. Um, and all this other crap about it and how they've got secure servers. And they basically make it sound fancy when it doesn't even really exist. So there's a huge danger. And I feel like it is, I, feel, I do feel like I've got a bit of imposter syndrome talking about it. But me and, you know, Jordan, your page itself, it's not talking, telling you about what to invest in. It's just telling you almost, the benefits of investing and how to invest and how there's not uh, exactly. enough people almost investing in in this country especially young people um we've got so mm. much time on our hands you might as well take advantage of it by putting that money away and, and putting it into into some sort of good use because like we said putting it in a bank it's just going to degrade in value exactly couldn't put it better myself um my final question to you jordan is um I know you're 25 years old, so it's only a few years back. But what advice would you give um, to 20-year-olds right now? Um, in general or investing advice? A bit of both. 
Okay, so in general, I'd say um, 20, 20, 21 year old, someone, a young adult, um, I'd say try and find a skill, um, try and learn a skill that you can sort of sell and you can promote. Um, I'd also say try and get some sort of stable income behind you because you will need that for the future, um, whatever your goals are. I think um, if we can all start trying to build wealth um, from a young age, the earlier you start, the less you have to commit. So the earlier you can start thinking about it, the better it will be for you. Um, and building wealth leads to just, even if you haven't got long-term ambitions to own, I don't know, your own house or to retire early, um, money problems are real life problems. So if you can eradicate money problems, you can eradicate a lot of, of life problems. Um, but in terms of investing specifically, I was No. Say off again. On. Okay, so and I'd say for anyone investing at a young age, I'd say to research um, and get in as early as possible. Time is your best friend when investing. And I know so many investors who are 20, 30, 40 years old who just wish they'd started investing at the the bright the bold age of 18. Um, because as I said, time is an asset and it is your best friend when investing. Time plus money in the investing world is a recipe for building wealth. And that is it for this week's episode. I hope you learned as much as I did about investing and how it really is overcomplicated by many. Um, and just to be clear again, none of this was financial advice, but feel free to use what you learned in this episode to do further research before you properly start investing. Um, I know that's what I did. I really enjoyed it, made loads, loads of notes. Um, and yeah, it was a brilliant episode, I think, in terms of learning about something that we really should be should have been taught about in school we never did um i did an episode uh, back uh, a few weeks ago about adulting 101 where we kind of touched on this topic we touched about other things financially particularly around how to buy a house and mortgages things like that uh, and that was a really enjoyable episode for me and so that's why i wanted to get uh, jordan on today so i hope you enjoyed today's episode make sure you check out jordan's instagram page which is all about investing linked uh, in the bio um, and if you did enjoy them, please feel free to give us a follow, leave a review and share us on your social media tagging at MMHY podcast on Instagram. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week until next time.